Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Let's Talk TEFL podcast. This is Jackie, and joining me is Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. <laughs> so how are you doing? I am better. I wasn't, um, I wasn't like sick enough that I, like if I had been in the U.S., I'd have just gone to a pharmacy and gotten some over-the-counter stuff. But uh, because I'm in a country where I don't really know how the pharmacies work or whatever. Yeah, mm. I, you know, I wasn't that sick. I just needed to stay in bed. <laughs> oh, that sounds bad. Well, I also felt bad for a different reason. I got my second shot of the vaccine and that hit me hard, like way, way harder than the first one. Uh, where I was quite so I was quite overconfident like I'll be fine I'll just like <laughs> do all these things the next day anyway I just stayed in bed all day <laughs> so I was like um, down and out but anyway I'm feeling I'm feeling better now so unless I have good. the vaccine power so yes um, that is good news for me for sure yeah I um my husband had scheduled us a, a trip to St. Petersburg this was a few weeks ago and I didn't, like, I never know the na- the dates of any important stuff. Like, he just tells me, like, don't forget tomorrow, <laughs> whatever. And I scheduled my second vaccine dose for the day before we were going away for a three-day weekend. <laughs> so uh, luckily, it did not hit me hard. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's good news for sure. Yeah, I recommend to anyone, leave choose a day where you don't have much going on the next day just in case you never know yeah um, what can happen for sure all right anyway so today we are talking about ESL icebreakers um so Jennifer what are icebreakers so icebreakers are getting to know you activities so um I like to use them on the first day of class whether or not my students know each other because there's usually like at least one new person so maybe most of them would know each other but there's the new kid and it's kind of a nice way to not put a spotlight on the new person and be like hey you stranger we all know (laughs) each other we're all friends so you tell us about yourself you know, so if everybody participates, even the ones that, you know, maybe have been in my class for a long period of time, then it's it's um, no pressure and nobody's singled out. And it's just a fun little activity to sort of um, break the ice and also get to know each other and gently lead people into an English speaking environment. Yeah, for sure. I love um, how they help people get to know each other. And it just creates a good atmosphere in the class, I think. Um, Yes. Yeah, especially I feel like uh, with older kids, when they might need to get in touch with each other and get information if they've missed a class, you know, like at the university level, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think I would have appreciated that when I was a student, because I always hated to be like, hey, next to me. (laughs) <laughs> person who sat there for six weeks and I've never spoken to I missed yeah. class last time can I borrow your notes <laughs> exactly it's so awkward yeah. yeah I my goal of icebreakers in university was always for students to have like at least one or two not like friends but one or two people that they would feel comfortable like talking to or just saying hi to at the beginning of class or whatever because it's like yeah. once you've actually talked to somebody 
it's way harder just to walk into class and like not say hello to anybody. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So if you've actually like physically talked to them during some activity or whatever, it's like, then you know them and you know their name. And um, yeah, I just found it like a way better, like, like a friendlier atmosphere for sure. Um, Yes. But it was a little bit tricky because sometimes students would take classes in their majors so generally they would all kind of know each other. Um, so in that case, I would often do icebreakers and I'd use them to kind of like set the tone for the rest of the class. So I would set it up and say something like, okay, like I expect everyone to speak in English the whole time. And then um, this is a one-to-one talking with a partner activity. This isn't like talk in a group of seven people and only two of those yes. people are speaking in English and five people are observing and writing down things. I was like, yeah. this is like talking one-to-one and I expect you to talk to like at least 10 people in the class. And um, so I would kind of use it to like introduce my style of teaching, like very interactive and one-to-one speaking. And um, I expect people to speak in English almost the whole time. Um, that kind of thing. So it's also a nice, a nice thing to, for that. So students to get to know me a little, and I would always participate in the activities too. I'd yeah. say, come to, talk to me. I want to talk to you. So they could come talk to me if they wanted to, if they're too shy, they didn't have to, but um, yeah. And then they would also kind of see like, oh, this is how Jackie uh, teaches. And this is what she expects in our class yeah. in terms of activities. Yeah. And it is a great way to start as you mean to go on, you know, and showing you know this is how you know I might answer this as an example maybe for the kids or I say kids for the students who are less confident and you know there's always going to be at least one student if not most of the class that is super hesitant to answer until they feel quite confident that they're going to answer in a correct manner you know, even if it's something about themselves, they want to, you know, be sure that they're saying something like an expected sort of answer. They don't want to come out with something that may be correct English, but is kind of an off the wall answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So just one quick uh, thing to differentiate between our icebreakers and warm up activities. So An icebreaker I would generally use in the first or second class, and the goal is for students to get to know each other and then also to get to know the teacher, where a warm-up activity is something I would use in every class. And the goal of that is just to kind of like, you can review things from previous classes, you can, it's kind of just like easing students into using English at the beginning of a class instead of jumping into the most important thing in your lesson. Um, It's kind of setting them up with a another small activity um, warming up their brains I guess so that they can actually take in the most important thing that will come later in that lesson so that that's kind of the key difference um, between those two things in case you were wondering yeah there there can be some overlap like there definitely are icebreaker activities that could be used as a warm-up activity and vice versa Mm -hmm. it can just be sort of the the content that you use for the activity or the intention mm-hmm. behind it. But yeah, certainly uh, um, if it's like a getting to know you activity, that's that's an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. All right, Jennifer, let's get into some of our favorite icebreaker activities. So I have the first one, it's called the expert. Um, so in this activity, I 
warm it up by asking students, what are you, well, first I explain what an expert is, and then I elicit some answers. What are you an expert in? And then they, most students would often say, like, nothing. <laughs> and I would say, Sleeping. well, what video game do you like playing? Or do you know how to, like, make some food? Oh, yeah. And then they would, like, you know, the snowball starts rolling, I guess, and students would start shouting out some answers. And so then um, I would write maybe four or five things on the board that I'm an expert in, like, Canada and I used to be a scuba diving instructor so I would say scuba diving or like um, my favorite tv show at the time I would write that down um, and then I would think and then I would get students to do the same thing they'd have to write down four or five things and then um, it, I would come back and I would say like oh I wonder what students are most interested in or, or people in this class are most interested in um, oh maybe scuba diving is quite interesting and I would circle that and I'd be like oh this other one oh and then, and then I would say something like oh everybody likes eating so like cooking this thing I'm sure everybody's interested in um, but then maybe there's like one thing very obscure or whatever I was like mm, people probably don't want to talk about that so I would write so I would circle three things and then I would write them on a sheet of paper, just the folded up triangle thing. So it was easy to see and students would do the same. And then I would put students into pairs or groups of three and um, give them around like maybe five or six minutes. And they would have to have a conversation um, with each other about those topics. So they could ask some questions and um, they were actually very interesting conversations in general because it got beyond just like, how are you? Good. How was your weekend? Great. Like beyond kind yeah. of the standard small talky questions. And it was like, actually, people were talking about things that they loved, obviously, or that they knew a lot about. So um, yeah, the conversations were kind of free flowing. And yeah, and then I would switch up partners maybe two or three more times and have those short conversations. And yeah, by the end, students would know at least say like three other people kind of on a more um, personal level and yeah this obviously works better for higher level students um, lower level students might struggle with um, having a conversation unstructured yeah. with a partner but, for four yeah, yeah. but or lower level students it wouldn't really matter what the conversation topic is no matter how much they love the topic if they don't have the vocabulary they're going to struggle to talk for three or four minutes about it mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. So this is a nicer one for higher level students and also students who are reasonably motivated to like yeah. just speak in English with a partner, um, which most of my yeah, students at the university level, at least the English majors, <laughs> obviously were motivated to speak in English to each other. So, yeah, it works really well. All right, Jennifer, what's your what's your activity? My first one, uh, we're going to sort of go to the opposite end of the spectrum. This is something that I did with very young learners, uh, maybe not absolute beginners, but um, high beginners. And it was called the All About Me Flower. And every student would get um, like a, an A4 piece of paper that I had photocopied, like a, a very basic sort of flower with like a big center, like a sunflower size, you know, center circle, and then um, five large petals around it and they would I would give them usually I don't know it would depend on the kids but at least 10 minutes or so to uh, draw a picture of themselves in the middle and then like five things that they liked in the five petals and then um, when everybody was done everybody would briefly um, stand up and show their flower and explain about their flower. And then we would put them up 
and decorate the class with the flowers. Oh, I like that. It's like simple and perfect for beginners. Like, yeah, the, yeah um, it's such a great activity for absolute beginners almost. Yeah, really. Um, because they got to draw rather than write. It was mm. um, very low stress. And most kids that age like to draw, even mm. if, you know, they're like, oh, I can't draw. They still like to spend their class time drawing rather than <laughs> uh, speaking English. And then um, they had something tangible to look at and remind themselves when they had to stand up and just say their couple of little sentences. Mm. And um Sometimes I, you know, it's the first day of class, so I wouldn't always know like which students were maybe higher level, but certainly there's always the one kid who is like jumping out of their chair to be first. So that would be the one that I would have go first. And like, as you did with your expert activity and generally, I think most activities you would do, or I would do, uh, I would start with me, you know, mm -hmm. like making very basic sentences. Like I would not use any language that I would think would be like too high level for them to be using themselves. So I'd really demonstrate very clearly like modeling the kind of answers that they could say, you know, I like, you know, I like pizza or, you know, I like to watch soccer. Mm -hmm. Very, very simple, low level, low stress activity. And you got sure. classroom decorations out of it too. I know. I like it. It's like the double, <laughs> the double whammy of ESL goodness for sure. Yeah. All right. So uh, the next one is an introduction survey. So this one works well for um, high beginners and up. So I've definitely, this is probably when my go-to activity um, as an icebreaker when I taught in universities in Korea for years. And even now, any class I teach, I'll often do an introduction survey. Um, so I basically make a chart and then I have a bunch of questions so um like um with statement not sorry not questions but with statements so um I'm from Busan I have a brother um I love eating pizza I play soccer so I'll choose statements that I think some but not all of the students in the class would answer yes to and then I'll have another column that has name, and then I'll have another column with follow-up question. Um, so students would each get, um, and then I sometimes will have a couple blank spots and students can make up a couple of their own questions um, if they want to. So students would have to stand up with the, the paper and then a pencil, and they'd have to go around the class finding students who would say yes to those questions. So for example, they'd have to ask someone, do you have a brother? And then if someone said yes, or like maybe Jen says yes, um, that person would write Jen's name in that blank, and then they had to ask a follow-up question related to that. So, for example, what's your brother's name? Oh, his name is Kevin. So they would write Kevin in that blank. And then they would have to go talk to other students in the class to fill in their grid. But if Jennifer said, no, I don't have a brother, um, that student could ask another question on that list or just say, oh, okay, thank you, and then go talk to <laughs> other people. So the goal is to find people who would say um, yes to all of those statements. And so does that make sense? Did I explain that well, Jennifer? I yes, I yeah. And I would do, my version of that activity was a tick, um, not a, sorry, not tic-tac-toe, a bingo board. Mm -hmm. And uh, in my bingo board, I would have uh, a bunch of questions, uh, well, statements usually, but you could do it with questions like, 
depending on the level of the class, I would either just have like a single word or a picture and they would have to make the statement or sentence. But with lower level students, I would have like the full thing written out and they would have to go around just, just the way you said it, you know, find one answer that fits with one person they spoke to. Like they couldn't say, oh, Jackie has a brother and Jackie has a dog and Jackie likes baseball. <laughs> you know, it, it'd have to be, you know, a different person for each thing, but they were trying to get bingos. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like that too. And that's maybe more, um, maybe like better for children, I guess. Yeah. Like the introduction survey, <laughs> it's kind of like not that's flashy or exciting. It's just like, go fill in the blanks on your thing. But yeah, the bingo thing is kind of like adds a bit of a game element to it for kids, which um, can generate some more interest, I think, in the activity for sure. All right, Jennifer, what's up? What's up next for you? My next one, uh, a real favorite go-to of mine is the beach ball toss. So I like to use a beach ball first because it's very soft and can't hurt anybody. Uh, And also it's very big and it's always divided up into like color blocks. So in each color block, I would put a question. And so I would throw the ball and then like whatever, you know, was covered by the person who caught its hand. Like, obviously, they've got two hands, so they could have a little flexibility there, but they would have to. Um, <laughs> Most people have two hands. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, so one of the questions that was covered, they would uncover it with their hand and read the question and either ask that question to another person or read the question aloud and answer it themselves. So... It could just be things like, you know, what's your name? Um, what's your favorite hobby? You know, very basic uh, introductory information. I like that. It, it kind of uses like the throwing a beach ball around the classroom. It's kind of novel and makes it, yeah, kicks it, it kind of into the next level for sure. Jennifer, I think your icebreakers are more exciting than mine. I have to well, say. <laughs> again, Things to appeal to kids and things that I used in much smaller classrooms. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, when I was in the elementary schools and there were like 40, 45 kids in a class, I want to say occasionally I did the beach ball toss, but like it would be impossible for like 45 people to catch a ball mm-hmm. and mm-hmm ask and answer one question in a 40 minute class (laughs) like teacher centered well not teacher centered just not enough student talking time yeah yeah Um, that would be like every single student would literally say one sentence in the whole class period yeah I had classes of like 30 to 40 students so yeah I guess my activities definitely are like designed for for bigger classes so that makes sense for sure yeah all right so my next one it's called my world so this one is really good for um, beginners and kids or adults. I've done it with a whole bunch of different groups. So on the bo- white whiteboard, I'll draw a big circle and then I'll say like, this is my world or like my, my life or something like that. And then I'll draw a few like simple pictures. Um, so for example, I would draw like my cat Lucy, just a simple picture. And then I would draw like mountains because I like hiking And then I would maybe draw, like, if I liked pizza, I would draw a slice of pizza. And then I could, oh, I would maybe draw 
um, or I'd write down like 1979, that's the year I was born or something like that. And then I would get students to guess what all those things meant. They say, you have a pet cat. And I'd say, yeah, Lucy. And then, oh, you're 41 years old or 42 years old or whatever. Yeah, I was born in 1979, things like that. And then um, students, I would get students to do that themselves. So they would draw the circle and then put like, I would say usually like a minimum, like probably five, five, either like little um, numbers or little pictures. And then I would put students with a partner and they would have to like, their partner would have to guess um, what all the little symbols meant. And um, yeah, it was fun. It was like students really enjoyed the, the drawing aspect of it, like we mentioned in the previous activity. And um, it's actually quite a good way to get to know somebody as well. I found out lots of interesting things um, about my students. Um, yeah, through that activity. Yeah, that sounds like a fun one. Mm -hmm. And my final activity is a bit higher level and also older students, uh, Two Truths and a Lie, which is a party game, but works really well for um, a little icebreaker. So you would have the students think of two unexpected facts about themselves and also a lie that's just as believable as the facts. So it needs to be a little bit older because little kids are terrible liars, you know, <laughs> yes. it'd be like, I like the color pink. I've been to the moon and Pokemon is my favorite character. Like, hmm. <laughs> um, but, but with teenagers uh, who are, you know, a bit higher level, which is, you know, in the summer times I used to teach uh, SAT prep classes with quite high level kids. And that was that was a really fun game that they would like because it's hard to draw teenagers in, probably pretty similar to university students. They don't necessarily want to do an icebreaker activity, yes, but if it's exactly. more like a party game, then uh, yeah, it was easier to get them in. And so you would I end have, up, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, you'd end up finding out some uh, interesting things about them, mm. you know, and of course, it's always fun to try to uh, ask the the questions to try to ferret out the truth because yeah I so, was just gonna say I always allow some question time for sure like oh one yeah, or two yeah minutes um yeah if you don't allow question time it's kind of just a boring yeah no like um, for anybody activity. who has not played two truths in a lie before it's not just that you tell two sort of surprising facts and an equally plausible lie the other people have to ask you questions like follow-up questions to get more information and so then they will guess after they've asked some questions so you have to be able to elaborate on all three of the things that you've said mm -hmm. and make them all sound equally plausible mm -hmm. so yeah it's not just here's my three sentences yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some teachers do that though, which I always feel like mm, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know. It's not, yeah. it's not that exciting. It's way better. Yeah. yeah. And even lower level students, they, even if they can't formulate really good questions, like proper grammatical structures or whatever, even low level students are motivated to like ask, you know, at least sentence fragments or whatever in English. And I would help, I would help them. Um, yeah. You know, like make like they would say one or two words and then I would help them make a good sentence or a good question to ask that person. Yeah. And it was quite fun, actually. So uh, like one of the best things I ever did 
in Korea. I've, I did it a few times when I was teaching at camps. Um, so if I would teach the same students for like, I don't know, something like six or eight hours a day, either kids or like university, like higher level kids, like teenagers, I guess, or university students, is that I would do two truths and a lie over the course of like the one or two weeks that we were together. So um, I would have like, um, maybe in the mornings, to, like to start off the morning session, one person would be in the hot seat and they were the one that had the two truths and a lie. And then we would grill them for like <laughs> 10 minutes or whatever. And then start to start off the afternoon session, it would be a different person. And then I would, I would have one captain in the class um, keeping track of, you could either keep track of the person in the hot seat, how many people they fooled and they could get points for that. Or you could keep track of the people in the class who guessed the lie correctly and who didn't. So choose one or the other. If you do both, it's actually kind of confusing and like a little bit, I don't know. Anyway, and choose one of the students in the class to keep track also. <laughs> I found way easier than doing it myself. <laughs> so anyway, that person would keep track of like the, well, I would usually do the correct guesses. And then at the end of the one or two weeks, once everyone has had the chance, whoever had the most um, correct guesses, I would say like, oh, you're such a good detective or like you should be a police officer or like something like that. And then I would give them a prize um, for like university students. I would usually give them like, I don't know, like a $10 Starbucks gift certificate Ooh. or something like that. Yeah, like kind of a good prize. And it was like quite motivating. Like it was a nice warm up activity for to start off each session. And um, <clears throat> yeah, it was quite fun. Like students really, really got into it and really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, so that's just an idea if you teach yeah. more intensively. Um, and also like that. that circles back to using the same activity either as an icebreaker or as a warm-up. Mm -hmm. you, know, you could use it on the first day where it's more like a party game, or you could use it as a warm-up where it's a more in-depth activity done over time. But that sounds mm -hmm. really fun. Yeah, I I got into it too. Like I would like grill them so hard for sure. And like I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But the students actually like would always beat me. I was not good at uncovering lies. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was really good. All right, Jennifer, I think that's it for icebreakers. Um, so if people want to check you out online, where can they find you? <laughs> um well, I'll use my previous recent illness as an excuse that I still haven't <laughs> updated my blog. And I have like three trips that I need to put in there. Oh, yeah. But I'm waiting for your St. Petersburg. <laughs> I know. It was Jennifer. really good. St. Petersburg <laughs> is beautiful. Um, and we took the overnight train and it was very fancy schmancy as well. Okay. I all so next episode. Well, we're recording the next episode. The secret is we're recording it right after this one, but in two episodes from now, I will expect an update, Jennifer. <laughs> okay. But uh yeah, so my blog is teachtravellearn.com and it will eventually be updated. And I also have a YouTube channel, Teach Travel Learn. Uh, and Jackie, where can people find you? Um, well, you can find me at eslactivity.org and then all the show notes and everything like that uh, for this Let's Talk Temple is at eslactivity.org slash podcast. And you can find um, on that website all the links to YouTube. I recently joined TikTok 
and I'm putting a few little videos for English learners, like slang and idioms and stuff like that there. And then you can also search for Jennifer and I's books on Amazon or Apple Books, Kobo, wherever you'd like to buy books. So just search for Jackie Bolin or Jennifer Booker-Smith is her author name. <laughs> and um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Catch you next time, everyone. Bye-bye.